You gotta look out for that cat. He hasn't had his knots caught. Hello, Internets, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at A to Z Horror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. I'm Jack, and sitting to my right is Jake. How's it going? And sitting next to Jake is someone who tends to wander despite being fixed. It's Mark. Hey, buddies. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week we watched 1989's Pet Cemetery, and we'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, Jake, what are you drinking this week? I am drinking Bud Heavy. Bud Heavy? I'm drinking Bud Heavy. Like Budweiser the Heavy kind? Like Budweiser. How do you not is know that... what Bud Heavy is? I know Isn't what Bud Heavy ubiquitous? is, but I didn't... Dude, there are so many microbreweries that one could have something called like Bud Heavy or oh, Bud no, Heavy. Oh no, or... I am drinking the Red Label Budweiser, America's Beer. There you go. Red rip yep. shit sauce. I don't know how many other names there are for it. And and I the assume that's beers. because that's featured prominently in this movie. Yeah, Fred Gwynn just sits down with six packs and goes to town pretty much the whole he sure movie. sure does. That's pretty much what the movie's about. By the way, <laughs> listener, we will spoil the fuck out of this movie, so... That's yep. a good call. We are going to spoil the shit out of this 28-year-old movie. Many <clears throat> a Budweiser are drank. Because, yes. again, America's beer. <laughs> Mark, how about you? What are you drinking this week? I am also drinking the King of Beers. Uh, yeah, it it's, it harkens back to a simpler time when people didn't like specifically turn the label away from the camera. I haven't yeah. seen a label on screen that wasn't like explicitly being endorsed by a movie in a long time. So I assume it probably was still product placement, though. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't know. Was that, that was a thing absolutely in... product placement? Yes. Okay. In 1989, was product placement a thing? I didn't think capitalism came to America until like 1997. <laughs> you know, I think you're right about that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I got an A in history off. class. Jack, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a beer I've never had before by New Belgium Brewing Company. Okay. I'm drinking Voodoo Ranger IPA. Um, Explain because... yourself. <laughs> What do you mean, explain myself? Here comes the I think it's pretty part. obvious. Ah, uh, it's not that obvious. <laughs> yeah, there's there's our, no voodoo in this movie, nor are there parkour. Our buddy rangers. Lewis in this movie becomes a voodoo ranger by messing with forces which he does not understand. So you're just sort of ascribing a name to the thing that happens? Yes, and frankly, I'm also being a little bit racist by ascribing one different category of people's beliefs with another. How is Way to tiptoe around that one, Jack. <laughs> Well, God, I'm really treaded the lightly there. I, I don't feel that bad about, you know, talking poorly of voodoo. You know what's not racist? The smooth taste of America's beer, Budweiser. Bud Heavy. You, rip you should, shit sauce. You, getting rip you, shit. You sure about that, man? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's as smooth as water. And most of their hops come from Idaho, so cheers. So I know we want to start talking about Pet Cemetery, but before we do that, uh, it's been a week since we've all sat down and talked some horror movies, so one of you guys want to talk about what else has been going on in our horror worlds, what's been uh, rocking our horror worlds, so to speak? Absolutely, and more importantly, it's been a month since we've actually yeah, talked been... about what's rocking our horror world? It's been a long has time. Has it really? 
Yeah, yeah I mean, last week we did period. Christ. Yeah, holidays and then horror release roundup, so I got wow. stacks on stacks on stacks of shit. Yeah. All right, well then why don't you go first? Mark, what's been rocking your horror world? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to quickly put a button on two that were part of the Lost episode that we might end up releasing eventually anyway, but uh, we did a Black, Black Christmas recording that just kind of fell through the holiday cracks. Uh, and I watched two movies for that one that I wanted to mention. One was A Christmas Horror Story, which is that Bill Shatner horror anthology <laughs> joint thing. Uh, yeah. Uns- like... I'm kind of upset at how good that movie was. I was expecting, like, hot garbage. <laughs> that was actually a pretty entertaining thing. If you're looking for holiday horror for some reason in the next 11 months... That'd uh, be strange. Yeah, well, you know, just wait until... I guess keep this one in the holster until until December. July. But I, July. I do recommend this. Um, <laughs> give it a shot. Plus, there's some good kung fu in there for some reason. Uh... The other one I wanted to mention was Lights Out, really briefly. Uh, this was, I mean, it's basically subtitled Jump Scare, the movie. It's super on rails. It's not a bad movie, per se. Uh, the wife actually liked it quite a bit, but it's just about as linear as you can possibly get. If it were a video game, it'd be one of those like House of the Dead things where you're kind of like doing shit, but really the game's just pointing you in the direction that it wants you to go. <laughs> you're <laughs> on enough. rails the entire time. Um, Jake, you've seen that one too, right? I have. No, not Lights Out. I've I've seen A Christmas Horror Story. I'm sorry. I oh, have shit. yet to see Lights Out, and I want to, but this glowing review doesn't seem to inspire <laughs> confidence, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same I'll boat. I'll still see it. I mean, like he said, his wife liked it, so that could be a good thing. Could be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she liked it because the main chick in it was co-starring with Nicholas Holt and something else, so. <laughs> she also has better taste than you, Mark. <laughs> Um, in any case, that takes me to the two that I haven't really talked about with you guys before. Uh, The Good Neighbor. This was one of the ones I recommended to Jack in our year-end award podcast, but I actually... Yeah! I watched it between our initial, like, podcast recording and when we did the award, so I haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Uh, (laughs) we'll bring this back up once Jack watches it and do it as, like, a fourth segment where we talk about our recommendations, but, uh, I just want to say this is... Uh, it's an interesting movie. It's, I don't know if I'd classify it as horror. It's two kids trying to convince James (laughs) Caan that his house is haunted. Um, and in that way, it's almost like a horror movie from the perspective of the ghost, which obviously takes a lot of the scare out of it. There's still some intense moments and stuff, but, uh, I'm I'm glad you recommended me a a movie you wouldn't necessarily classify as horror for our horror watching experiences. Well, I, it, it improves the genre. It, it widens the boundaries a little bit. It's still a good movie. It's uh, freely available on Netflix, assuming you have Netflix. So if you haven't seen it, I, obviously I recommended you see it, Jack. But <clears throat> listener, if you haven't seen it, go out and give it a go. Uh, it's pretty solid. All right. Uh, cool. The last one, the, the, big, the big daddy. Uh, this was my top one from Horror Release Roundup, I think in Uh-oh. August or something. Uh, <laughs> you guys got mad at me for this. I watched. Yep, we sure I t- did. I took a plunge. I watched Alone in the Ghost House. Yes, uh, talk about it. <laughs> talk about it. Tell me about it. Go. Uh, oh Christ! Actually, it. I mean, it. Look, it's not going to win any awards. Whatever you're about to say is fucking wrong. <laughs> it, it led me down this path of understand. Like, am I ever going to recommend this movie to someone? Probably not, unless I meet myself and someone who is like equally fascinated by found footage movies. Um. It kind of led me down this path of objectively good versus subjectively good. I would consider this movie to be objectively bad, but subjectively good. Like, I like this movie 
because it just kind of hits me right. But there's a 0% chance <laughs> I'm going to get mad at you for giving this movie like a 2 when you see it. Um, I'll, I'll spoil my review on, on Cutting Room a little bit. I gave it a 4. This isn't like blowing anyone out of the water. And it's all stuff you've seen before. But I will say that the lunacy that comes across from the trailer is more or less explained well within the context of the movie. Like, we were all, okay. like, like there's the psychic who, like, is randomly taking her clothes off and has a pen, like, third eye drawn on her forehead and stuff. <laughs> they're, they're all very self-aware of the fact that she's a goddamn lunatic. Um, yeah, I, I guess to, to spoil it a little bit, they found her on Craigslist and they needed someone for the shoot that they were doing. So, uh, <laughs> that's what they got. So, does um, this fall into the, it's aware of itself, but is shitty sort of movie, or is it just kind of shitty? Or is it not as shitty as it looked in the trailer? I would say it's not as shitty as it looked in the trailer, and I would say okay. I you would probably disagree with me on that. But um, okay. I would say it's not going for the self-aware, winking at the camera type stuff. It's it's basically this troop. Uh, well, it's a husband and wife duo, and then this the friend from college of the wife, uh, and then they hire this psychic lady, and they're doing like a wannabe ghost hunters show. Um, so. It's sort of winking at the camera in the sense that they're trying to spoof on these uh, ghost hunter shows, but aside, like it's it's not like self aware of the fact that you know it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. All right. To be clear, you picked this as the movie you were most excited for in a month that also clu- included "I Am Not a Serial Killer" and uh, "Don't Breathe." I think. Uh yeah, and I haven't seen <laughs> "I Am Not a Serial Killer." I have seen "Don't Breathe." That one was good. I just, I mean, you guys, I think one of you guys picked one and one of you guys picked the other. I just kind of wanted to introduce a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of variety into our top one, bottom one type of situation, so. <laughs> sure, Mark, you're a hero. I'm the hero this podcast needs. <laughs> Fair enough. Jake, what have you had going on? What's been rocking your horror world? Well, Mark, are you, are you, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. We, oh, we, okay. uh, talking forever. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, similar to Mark, because we had the long break, there is a bunch that I have that I could talk about, and I won't, but what I will say is that I feel like I need to confess a sin or something. I've been feeling really bad <laughs> lately about my year-end Movie of the Year awards, um, Okay, and I just kind of want to take one back and swap another out for my third ranking which i gave to the whaling i really like the whaling and i would recommend you're gonna have to wait until next year's awards show for that that's not possible (laughs) because it's 2016 movie mark well fine but what i i just want to say that i i don't feel like we talked about it at all and mark and i actually you know offline had a discussion about this prior to the award show of what to do with a movie called green room and we never really came to a conclusion on that it was sort of a is it horror where does it fall is it just a thriller sort of conversation and then i just kind of abandoned it over the review and i don't think that gave it a fair shake um i saw that like right before we did the review uh the awards for the year and that was a really good movie and the more i think about it and just the way it makes me feel that movie is absolutely deserving of being up there. So if I could go back in time, I would probably have swapped those two out. Really good movie. I still haven't seen that one. Really good movie. Recommend it to, to anyone. It's definitely of the hard-boiled variety. Um, it is gory Anton Yelchin's great. Patrick Stewart's in it, so you know you have some chops there. 
pretty gory, yeah. but a really good movie, and it's something that definitely falls in the category of like, oh, fuck, this could happen, which I've been known to like, so I just had to give right. that a quick shout out. Uh, the other ones that I wanted to mention, first in line is one you just mentioned, Jack, I Am Not a Serial Killer. I saw that yep. one near the end of the year as well, and that's basically, it's kind of a strange one. I expected it to be, I don't know why, but I expected it to be filmed kind of like... I don't know. I, I expected it to be much less forward than it ended up being. And I don't want to spoil that one because, again, this isn't the segment for that. But that movie is a horror movie. And I kind of expected <laughs> to toe the line and be firmly psychological. But it's got a great cast. Max Records is kind of like a discount Rory Colkin at this point, if one such thing could exist. <laughs> um, that's actually that's funny. I thought Rory that was Culkin. Rory Colkin. Yeah, no, it's Max Records, the kid from <laughs> okay. Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, and Christopher Lloyd's in it, and he's always a delight. So I would recommend that one to people as well. I, I just didn't see what ends up happening in that movie coming by any stretch. So definitely check out I'm Not <laughs> right. a Serial Killer. Uh, and then the other one that I really wanted to mention is uh, Blair Witch. And <laughs> oh, yeah, you finally saw this one. I just saw this one, and... It's uh yeah. That movie can chortle my balls, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's really I don't even bad. know. You really didn't care for it. I fucking hated that movie. Yeah, it I wasn't good. I fucking hated it. Like every single thing that the the Blair Witch project does that were like collectively some of the things that really got me into the genre <clears throat> because of when it came out like this did none of that and I, i'm not right. trying to say it needs to go out and just replicate the movie as a whole but i think that for it to i don't know it was a strange mixture of like there was fan service like they go to the hotel just like the kids do in the first movie and they're drinking johnny red and like all of that stuff but then you have like all the things that actually make you like the blair witch project it does the opposite of so there was a strange <laughs> balance of things that were trying to be fan service and then things that if you are a fan, I don't see how you could like, if that makes right. sense. No, absolutely. And I think the other thing is what the Blair Witch Project does so effectively is use weird things that make you feel terrified, like mm -hmm. experiences. Whereas this movie, like hypothetically, the things it's trying to show you are scary things. They just don't translate well to the screen. Yeah. Like yes. it's just... But in the Blair Witch Project, they transferred super well. And it's kind of like once they came up with the idea, right. they didn't worry that much that it didn't transfer well. They just rolled with the it. The thing because, that bothered me the most. The, the Blair Witch Project, ahead, the original 1990s one, is a study in subtlety. And, the, yes. and Blair Witch, this one, is basically like, like someone in junior high who hadn't really like figured out how to write yet was trying to transcribe the events of the Blair Witch Project into a new thing. And he just like was worried that it was too subtle. Like people wouldn't get what was going on. So you, the movie just <laughs> beats you over the fucking head with like time yeah. travel. Ah! Like shit that <laughs> yeah. was pretty clear in the first movie. If you're paying attention is outright stated multiple times directly to the camera in this one. And it's just like, really? Like we yeah, didn't need right. that. Not good. What I, Not I mean, good. that's a good point, And I think that where that came across most, for me personally, was in the sound design. The first movie, like, it still kind of makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up when you just listen to that and you got everything thumping, the noises coming kind of all the yeah. way around the tent at night. 
Just this rocks just, clinking against each other. This just went yeah. for like, let's have a fucking bulldozer, like plow a tree over and let's do that for an hour <laughs> and a half. Like there yeah. was zero subtlety to Mark's point. I hated that. There were a few redeemable qualities. Like I did really like the, it's been night for however long. And I think they could have used that if again, they had been more subtle in their implementation of it. Um, yeah. And again, that's introduced by two characters stumbling into camp and being like, we haven't seen the sun in five for- days. Uh-huh. <laughs> There was zero subtlety. I I don't know. I mean, I guess I I can understand why they did what they did to a certain degree, but I can't understand why that would make someone who is a fan of the original happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. That's all I have to say about it. I was very disappointed. They also... All right. One thing I wanted to say is they also shoehorn in some stuff that, like, in a vacuum is spine tingly and creepy and stuff but is just wholly unrelated to the movie i'm talking specifically (laughs) about the tunnels which is a very small spoiler i guess but it's in the trailer so whatever like crawling through a tunnel is that's too small is scary and claustrophobic and creepy and stuff but like they just needed some filler 10 cloverfield lane yeah they just needed some filler and like couldn't figure out how to get there so they're like eh, tunnels are creepy (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah it reminded me of the end of another movie that I won't mention here because that gets into spoilery territory. But if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> nice. How's that for vagary? Glad you brought that up. The Fuck other Blair Witch, uh, man. The other thing, just real quick, that I want to say on that is I feel so vindicated because in our review for the Blair Witch Project, I said if they remade this movie, this was before Blair Witch was announced. I said if they remade this movie today, there would be at least one shot of like the witch ducking behind a tree in the background. And there are like six of those in this movie. Yeah. And they look like ass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good. All right. I, we have to move on. I'm getting angry. Jack. Jesus. <laughs> well, I don't have as much stuff to talk about as you guys do. I, uh, good job. I only got one movie. Um, I watched, uh, the pack, which is a, not the 1970s, I think movie with the same name. This is a 2015 movie on Netflix. And it, it was just awful. Um, it just really wasn't good. There's such a trend with you. There is such a fucking <laughs> trend with you. You get on Netflix and just pick a movie, and then you are you hate it. Yeah. Well, I, I do have to say, like for future reference, if you're going to do the I'm just going to randomly pick a movie to watch, I would, re- I would highly recommend trying that on Shudder, because I think that they're obviously being a horror site, much more discerning about what they're picking up. And a lot of the movies, I haven't seen a movie on there that is bad. So do that. Try that. Okay. Okay. I mean, talk about uh, the yeah. pack. Tell me about the pack. The pack. The pack. I mean, it's it's about a bunch of wolves that are that are killing people. It's oh. it's okay. nothing nothing but jump scares. It's just uh-huh. a, a string of lazy jump scares and absurdly stupid decisions by every character involved. Um, that's did, all the movie is. Did you ever see that Liam Neeson joint thing? The gray. About I was gonna ask if the, the gray, gray was yeah. a horror movie. How does it stack the gray, up with the gray? It, it is m- drastically worse than the gray. I kind of like the gray. I like the gray too, but yeah. it's decidedly more horror focused than the gray. At yeah. least trying to be. The gray was okay. scary. I liked the gray, but <clears throat> I did not like the pack. That's all I've got. All right, let, let's get to the review. Over at A to Z Horror.com this week, we watched 1989's Pet Cemetery, which is a uh, movie that's based on a book by Stephen King, right from. Some number of years prior. Yeah, it's only accurate. it was only written a few years before the movie. It was pretty yeah. rapid fire yeah. movie creation. 
Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll get into talking about the the meat of this thing. But first, we got to do our, our famous segment. Uh, what in the fuck subgenre of horror does this movie fall into? Oh. Um, Mark, Mark, we'll start with you. Give us a subgenre of horror that this thing falls the fuck into. As always, you give me the layup. I'm going with classic. <laughs> uh, this is one of those movies that like your parents were probably traumatized by this movie. Like this was the one that their parents went out for like a nice fancy dinner and they were like, whatever you do, don't turn on channel three. And then they did and they couldn't sleep for weeks. Mark, how old are your parents? I don't think they would want me to tell you that. Are they 13 years old? This movie came oh, out. Yeah, this year did we come born. out in 1989. Uh, <laughs> but okay, it's maybe like it's, that. It's like yeah, it's that, like though. that. It's a Jack, simile, Jack. Recognize the subtlety in my language, gotcha. man. Gotcha. My parents okay. are 27 years old. They're younger than I am somehow. <laughs> and and I actually do agree with you. I do think this is a classic. This comes up a lot in discussions of just classic horror. You're just busting my balls then. That's fun. That's good radio. Yeah, of course. Well, you said a fun. stupid That's thing. That's why we're here, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You. Well, you guys do better then. What What's the next one? Whose turn? Uh, it's Supernatural. Fuck you. Yeah, that's the layup. Why'd you think classic was the layup? Because it's yeah. a classic. There's two layups. You can have more than one layup. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. Yes, this is a supernatural movie. I feel yep. like that's a really broad category, though. Yep. Absolutely. But I mean, Jake, next. Another subgenre of horror this fits the fuck into. Well, the, one of the beauties of this movie is that I think that it kind of neatly fits within a few subgenres and we have mm-hmm. covered like it is a supernatural movie there's not much else that's really going on in my opinion at least uh okay. you can start to kind of shoehorn some of these categories that we like to look at movies as being a, a part of that subgenre with but i don't think any of them really apply that well no i think you're kind of right there's a couple i could i could try to force in there right zombie, yeah but yeah it's not but it doesn't movie. it does yeah there are zombies sort of but it's not a right. zombie movie because of the way it's not like a case study and how people react to a situation so you can't ghost, really do that but it's it's not a but ghost it's not movie. a ghost movie uh yeah. it's definitely both a house and a tree movie they're both of those yep. things has yep. houses has there's, trees. there's houses and trees and we yep. don't count it as a subgenre, but it is worth noting that this falls into the movies that include an indian burial ground that's true yep so that's true this is one of the yeah, actual movies for that and, yeah <laughs> um one thing yeah. i did want to mention since jake is punting on his turn uh i fucking Fuck you, hate the subgenre and that, that we have it on here because it's super broad uh, and doesn't really mean anything but you don't mean anything. if ever there is a psychological movie this would probably be <laughs> some type of psychological horror purely based off of the uh, wife's experience maybe yeah no i guess i don't really think so though I mean, I'm I'm going purely off of the relationship between the sister and uh, what's his name's wife. I kind of use psychological as more mind fucky weirdness. Yeah, stuff I know. I understand on. the point you're making when you uh, take it back to her kind of fear of death and that based on her childhood experience with her sister. Yes, but that's what I'm going it, for. I understand that, but I don't think it fits the whole. I agree with Jack. Like psychological is kind of like the all encompassing. The extent of this movie is is kind of mind fucky, or not much is happening that can be absolutely solidly stated as reality, but it could be all in the character's head, that sort of thing. All right, that's fair. Yeah, I mean there are things happening in her head, so I I take your point, but I won't award <laughs> you points for it, dude. Yeah, I've got I've got nothing else. The painting alone is psychological horror. 
<laughs> we'll get there. Fair. We'll get there. Let's move on to the actual oh. review, guys. Oh, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Nothing else in the subgenres? I don't no. think so. Pretty straightforward. Okay. God. Uh, this was a jack pick, right? This yeah. was me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Had to pick a movie from the 80s, I think. That is when this movie was made. And then yeah. squeaked it in there. I picked Pet Cemetery, and which I guess means it's on me to do the 30-second plot synopsis. Yeah, that let me pull this correct. up. You got 30 seconds on the clock, Jack. All right. Are you, you ready? ready? Are you ready? All right. So, in this movie, the Creeds, a, a nice family with, with two kids, move into a new house that's on a big highway. Uh, they're the creepy old neighbor, Herman Munster, who's actually really nice. Um starts to talk to him and befriends them. Then the cat dies uh, while the daughter's out of town. It's the daughter's cat. So the old Herman Munster guy tells him, you can go bury this cat in the Indian burial ground, which is actually near a pet cemetery. They have to go through a pet cemetery. And then the cat comes back to life after they bury it in the Indian burial ground. And then the cat's different and evil. Time. And then his son dies. God damn it. I did a terrible <laughs> you, job. You started Man, you got getting into the faster weeds. and faster and faster. <laughs> There's a point. Yeah, I, I did a bad job. This is an uh, yeah, easy one to do, too. It is. Yeah. And then you're just like, they're a nice family. They live near a highway. They refuse yeah. to build a fence. <laughs> There's a point where in so about anyway. 20 seconds you noticed and then you panicked. And it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so then Finish after the out. cat comes back to life, it's different. Then it's kind of evil. And then his son dies. <laughs> and Herman Munster says, don't bury your son in there because he'll be evil. Then his son comes back and kills everybody. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Don't do it. Don't go up to that Indian battleground. ground. That's a pretty that's a that's a pretty good impression. That is pretty solid. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing it a lot in this podcast. <laughs> Sometimes dead is better. And I don't even know his his name as a character. I, I think of him as Herm Herman Munster. Yeah, his name is his, Herman and Munster. And I know I know he is Fred Gwynn, but I don't remember what his name no, is. His character's name is pretty legit. It's Judd. Judd oh, Randall. Judd. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't remember his last name. I just remember him as Judd. Yep. Well, I remember him as Herm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had you guys seen this thing before? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Mark, you? Nope. I have not. Oh, I've seen the South Park okay. episode a, a bunch of times. What a treat, Mark. What a treat <laughs> for yeah, you. Yeah, it, it was, actually. Uh, there's a, there's a, I have a big blind spot in horror for a lot of these like classic movies from the 80s that weren't slashers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd never yeah. seen Psycho. I'd never seen this. It's whatever. Can't see them all. Horror is deep, man. There's a lot of shit there. Yeah, and and you, when you're focusing on slashers pre '80s or pro, post '80s and uh, found footage exclusively, it makes it really tough. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It does. <laughs> but then again, you hadn't seen Scream, so Life's moving hard. on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'd seen this before as well a number of times. Um, yeah. Notably, it's cemetery S E M A R A R T A R Y or whatever. I put an extra wow. A R in there. I was Sam- Samara Tari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See last week's note on none of us being able to spell the name of this movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean it's, um, it's spelled the way a kid was spelled. It's very phonetic. Right, and they go into that in the the book, but not in the movie. Well, they do. Which I mean, I mean, Herm has a line about how like yeah, the highway kills a lot of pets, so kids would bury their pets there, and how it teaches them about death and all that. So you can yeah. kind of extrapolate that kids created the cemetery at some point in the distant past, and there it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's doing it's doing the horror thing where it's like playing on the innocence of youth. Mm-hmm. It's it's a joke. Sure, that's scary. Sure, correct. Yeah, yeah. correct. <laughs> the 
the opening scenes are pretty great. Like the whole first part of the movie before the cat dies, just because of how awesome Herman Munster is. For sure. I mean, drinking Budweiser's, sitting on the porch. It's very Americana. It's okay. Yeah. So I have to say, it's so weird for me still. And I live in New England now. When I think of Maine, I just think of it being like up there as a thing that exists, <laughs> and it doesn't feel like it's District the Thirteen, rest. man. I, uh, it doesn't feel like the rest of what America. This felt like a very Midwestern town, but they were coming from the Midwest to all the way the fuck up there in Maine, because yeah. Stephen King writes everything he writes about Maine. I would too. He's from Maine. <laughs> I would write about Idaho. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not hating on him, but it felt very just Middle America to me. Yeah, which I feel like is yeah. what Maine probably feels like. I don't. I don't know where this this bias against Maine came from. Except there isn't the, a bias the, against Maine. I like Maine. I've been there several times. You just the called it neighborhood. No, I, well, I mean, there is like a secessionist part of Maine, so you know, <laughs> there's a the secessionist part that of that they every move state. into is bizarre. It's these two houses, mm-hmm. nothing else, and a highway that trucks go a thousand miles an hour down. That is like it ten feet from their front door. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely follows the trend of a lot of movies where, oh, families move into a house and no one's seen it yet. Sight unseen, eh. Yeah. And, and people I don't just think like, you move into that house if you're like, oh, it's 10 feet from this highway that trucks go a thousand miles an hour down yeah, all exactly. day, every day. And beyond exactly. that, they apparently are like just morally opposed to building fences. Oh, I know. Like, granted, <laughs> that probably not is that's probably not going to save your cat, but, I mean, the, you have children. You have small children. Well, right off, thing yeah, early on. right off the bat, you get, like, Chekhov's wandering kid, because fucking, <laughs> like, not two minutes are they there that the little fucker is, like, wandering into the road. Yeah, yeah. that's that's actually how you inter- are introduced to Judd Crandall, right? He grabs the kid out of the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You gotta walk There's out for those calls. <laughs> the daughter, like, gets on the tire swing, and it, like, comes untied. The rope doesn't break. The knot just comes undone, I think. <laughs> And then a couple of scenes later, the tire swing is back up. Did he put the tire swing back up? I was very confused about that. Why well, the tire swing was back up? You are yeah. I mean, it only takes him about, about really three seconds things. to tie a knot. So yeah. I, well, that's probably why it came undone <laughs> exactly. so quickly. In the first exactly. Place. I don't know, very little quality control. knows how to tie knots. Yeah, and to you guys' point with the Americana, there's some weird dialogue in here, like that the mom at one point says, "Let's not shilly shally." Which I I was fixated on that for like a good half hour of this movie. Well, and that ties, is that a thing that ties into another note I had where like maybe she did say shilly shally, but there are patches of this movie where like I just cease being able to understand the words that are being said. Like I can't tell if it's just like a main <laughs> dialect thing that they use different words than I'm accustomed to using, or it's like not. the sound mixing is bad or something. But there are <laughs> there are moments where they're speaking an entirely different language. I just zoned out because I was trying to figure out what the hell shilly shally. Why would you say that instead of the accepted term of dilly dally? Well, I'll let you know when we shilly shally onto our ratings. Jesus Christ. Oh. Also, there's a good chunk of this movie where they spend, I don't know, four straight minutes just repeating the phrase nuts cut. <laughs> yeah. Judd says gets your nuts cut like six or seven different times. It's awesome. Yeah, gotta look out for that cat. He hasn't had his nuts cut. Fuck. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. And that's that's when you get my favorite line of this is a fixed cat don't tend to wander. Just like that's me. That's true. That's how you introduce me. Just like you. No, yeah. you do wander even though you've been fixed. Oh. Yeah. Valid. Have Valid you told point. the wife about that yet? So they end up wandering down this path in their backyard into this cemetery. 
It's a good set. <laughs> Why is there a giant pile of kindling that apparently Why? glows in the dark at the back? <laughs> Funeral no pyres, idea. man. Funeral pyres. I do kind of. It is good. I didn't. It didn't bug me that much, but I have no idea. That seems like something that would bug you. The set design for that cemetery is tremendous. Yeah, it's very good. It feels also so again, except for weird. the mountain of unburnt kindling. Dude. There's a nice little touch there. Uh, Judd's dog is buried in there. Judd's childhood dog. Did you happen to notice what Judd's dog's gravestone said? He was a good dog. It said spot, comma, a good fellow. <laughs> well, he probably was. <laughs> that, what a weird thing to put on your pet's grave, a good fellow. Dude, it was the 1950s. It was a simpler time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would never call an animal a fellow. You weren't born in the 1950s. It's like saying this guy. Dude, he was born in a lot earlier than the 1950s. I refer yeah, Mark, to... you are terrible at times. Right? <laughs> I refer yeah. to my cat as this guy all the fucking time, so I don't know what your point is. Oh, you're a lunatic. Yeah, we've established that already. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to... Yeah, Judd was also born in, like, the early 1900s. Oh my yeah. god, you guys, fine. You're making my point. <laughs> they, they refer to think animals as fellows. I don't think we there was there was what? no there was a movement in the 19 teens uh specifically where they refused to refer to animals as anything other than fellows. Look it up. Oh, no. Look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> Jesus. It's called the Animal Fellowship Movement. All right. Oh fuck. Mark, what I, else I, you got to say about the absolutely. early part of this movie? Uh, let's move let's move on to the cat. Let's just get straight to the cat, guys. I hated it. Okay. The daughter loves this cat. I hated it. I did not like the cat. I don't like cats, though. Yep. It's a normal fucking cat. What? What? what do you, what do you not like about the cat, aside from the fact that it, it is a cat? Yep. <laughs> God. Well, luckily, they kill it off almost immediately. Almost, but then it's like an even more stupid cat. It's even more of the cat qualities. It basically... So it's it's even more cat-like, yeah. Once it turns exactly. into a demon, it is even That's more cat-like. That's what's well, Peel it off the cement. I loved the sound of him prying that off the earth. Just like... Yeah. It was awesome. It froze yeah. to the ground. Yeah. yeah. And then they take what is in here of animal interaction that are just pretty outstanding. That and then much later when he's killing the demon cat are both like, how did they do this? Yeah. I mean, supposedly they had like seven or eight cats that were each trained to do one thing because you can't train one cat to do multiple things, apparently. Oh, I thought you were going to say that they actually <laughs> killed. Uh, I mean, I was going to make a joke about how the special effects team actually brought a cat back to life, but whatever. I couldn't really work it in effectively. <laughs> no, that would have been piss poor, Mark. <laughs> yeah. The cat's name is Winston Churchill, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's named after Church. Name for cat. It's Churchill. No, I think his name is Winston Churchill. Yeah. I think your name's Winston Churchill. I think it's just Churchill, and they just shorten it to Church. They but it was named specifically after say, Churchill. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Semantics. So, so they take the what is apparently like 20-mile hike to the Indian burial ground. Yeah, it's just past the Pet cemetery. Just barely past the pet cemetery, but it takes them like four hours to get there. So it's treacherous terrain, man. So yeah, they have to climb over the fucking kindling pile. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and supposedly yeah. this was cut from the final movie, but is in the book. There, there's like a Indian spirit, Native American spirit that haunts the woods, the Wendigo, which I'm yeah. kind of pissed they cut because I really I yeah. There needs to be more Wendigo out there. Yeah. 
Yeah. But Absolutely. they left in a few of the random, like, references to it. Like a tree that falls in the woods for no fucking reason. Or, like, a scream mm-hmm. from the forest, and then Judd's like, oh, don't worry about that, it's the birds. Something. <laughs> so, yeah. The one thing about this scene is, how fucking hard is it to dig a hole? They have a shovel and a goddamn pick. Mark. And it takes them until nightfall to dig a hole for a cat. If you've been to Maine, you would know that it's pretty much just bedrock up there. They have a pick. Eh. You don't know, man. Micmacs, they they really made it hard. <laughs> he has to bury it himself, too. Judd can't help. Is that how that works? Yeah. He says, you gotta do it yourself. I don't... That's not a good accent. You gotta do it yourself. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That one, that one wasn't very on point. Um, anyways, why? I don't know. Okay, the magic that's why I wanted, happen, to, I wanted to ask it. you guys. Because love. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the power of love, this Jack. Whole, this whole movie is the, this whole movie is a metaphor for the power of love. That's the power of love. <laughs> Foreshadowed Huey Lewis in the news. Mm-hmm. Stephen King makes a cameo in this movie. Oh, he makes, he a makes cameo, cameo in every, in every one movie. Of his yeah. He's good. he's doing he's the, the funeral for the cleaning lady who hung herself, hanged herself. Hanged what the herself. hell was the point of that? Of her? Why I was she don't included? No, they might they as like well introduced her, her character yeah. with her writing in her novel, like I, or in her journal. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, it's like, hey, let's have a depressed person who kills themselves for absolutely no reason, and it does nothing for the plot. Uh, it yeah, provides a cameo. It provides. An avenue for a Stephen King cameo. And I feel like he could have been. I feel like he could have been the truck driver. What did that guy? What purpose did he serve? <clears throat> no, except by for the being way, a fat weirdo. By the way, did he die? He like his truck got all jacked up. No, <laughs> a semi truck that hits a three year old child. Dude, no, but doesn't tr- even care. <laughs> but he like jackknifed it and like flipped it. Uh, I'm gonna go with no. I think he was fine. Oh, and by the way. If that truck hit that kid in the manner at which the movie showed it hit the kid, I don't think it would matter if you buried it. That kid has yeah, there wouldn't no, be a body, no body <laughs> left. That's, that's one thing. The makeup for the kid at the funeral is just like he has like a scar on his head. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, <laughs> his. It. I'm like, his skull got crushed into a jelly. <laughs> yeah, there's an outside chance that like his feet would still be there, like his his waist down would just still be there, and the other half of him would be. Just yards off down clean. the road. Yes, <laughs> it's a clean cut. <laughs> exactly. Or just, a... I, I thought he'd just turn into a fine red mist. Uh, essentially, that's all that's left. Yeah, I've seen that happen um, to deer before. Oh, that would have been way cooler. He would have like buried some blood, and then there would have been like this mist ghost flying around. <laughs> <Just hunted> <laughs> so why there is hunted a ghost in this movie, right? It's the 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 kid that that the doctor, uh, our our hero, fails to save at yeah. the start of the movie. Well, he really why is he a ghost? Him. He's because man, it's the same era as American Werewolf in London. You have to have a humor, a humorous ghost. You need that comedic relief coming from just a monstrosity on screen. Ugh. That's what that reminded you of, isn't it? It's exactly what it reminded me. Yeah, of. Yeah, it's like the same character. Yeah, just always appearing and spouting off these like one-liners. While he's like, <laughs> I mean, basically, it also provides the the context for the least believable scene in the movie, effects-wise, where. They're introducing him as a ghost, and it is the most blatant green screen use you've ever seen in a movie before. Well, that's, that's pretty that's bad, harsh. but it's not the worst that's effects harsh. in the movie. Interesting. I'm curious to know what is. Have we covered it already, or 
No, no we have not. So the, okay. the actual reason that they included him in by my estimation is just because he being a dead person is able to like see and understand the way at which like the life death death cycle should work so he knows that this is like an unnatural thing to do and that you need to steer clear of it yeah he's in there for exposition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah essentially <laughs> he's an exposition machine which is fine yes i didn't think yeah. it was that egregious because he was fine. no i didn't either yeah I didn't yeah either. we hate on it all the time but exposition's necessary in movies yeah you, you do, do need right. exposition to make a movie happen <laughs> yes believe it or not the Native American tribe whose burial ground it is is not actually Native American, right? It's uh, First Nations. It's the Mi'kmaq. Mi'kmaq. I think they're, uh, they're Canadian uh, well, indigenous people. Hence, uh, go back, see earlier point about Maine. <laughs> so, wait. Do Canadians call Native Americans by different names? What the hell is a First Nation? First Nation. The Canadians would not call people who were in Canada before white people Native Americans because. They're not the United States of America. They're in the, but it's all the Americas. I guess they call them. It's called First Nations in Canada. That's good fine. to know. The indigenous people of Canada are First Nations people, and they're the Mi'kmaq. I think they're like uh, Quebec is where the the kind of region they're well, from. They're so they're not French. Far from... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> history at all. <laughs> I'm starting to question your statement about uh, pets and fellowship. Yeah. No, that's true. Look it up. Oh, that <laughs> one specific thing is true. Yep. Yep, exactly. Okay. That's great. So that's then the cat comes back to life. He buries the cat. It comes back to life. No shit. And it's a dick. Yeah, it, it basically, so the more cat before dick. it died was more or less a ghost, right? It didn't really play that much bearing on the movie. And then when it comes back, it's just a fucking cat. It's annoying. Yep. Scratches the shit out of him. Yeah. But he it's is because the ground's gone south. Furball. That's like one of the best <laughs> quotes in the movie is fuck off furball. Yeah. <laughs> so. Am I remembering it correctly that the reason Judd like turns him on to the Indian burial ground is because he the doctor saves his wife from a heart attack? Huh? Is that his, just in the book? His wife is dead in the movie, but not in the book, correct. Okay, I'm yes. remembering the book. Shit. Yes. <laughs> In the book, God yeah, in the book, he helps his wife, who has a heart attack, like, prior to, I think, even the cat dying. Well, it would have to be chronologically, considering your point, Jack, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, she has a heart attack, he resuscitates her, and then he is forever indebted. I like it more than the movie, in- to be honest with you, because he's just yeah, a I nice guy. Yeah, he's just worried blood. about his daughter. He doesn't want his daughter, this nice young lady, to miss her cat. Yeah, he's just a nice guy. But the guy thing is, like... Didn't, oh, so the daughter's had, kind of a dick, too. He had this whole story about how he did it to Spot, who was a nice fellow, and <laughs> then he turned a into Cujo. Fellow. Like, whatever, a good fellow. So he resurrects his good fellow dog, and his dog, like, literally, because it's Stephen King universe, turns into Cujo. And he so, only tells that story after the cats come back. To yeah, life. so what is he expecting to happen with this cat? Well, he says it's better. it's better than her missing her cat totally. It's true. No, I mean, but no, then he not. says, "Also, my dog turned into a psychotic, like murderous dog." Yeah, resurrecting a murderous catamount is most certainly not preferable to teaching your child that pets die sometimes. You, you really need to explain to me what's different about the cat after it's been resurrected from just a normal cat, because I fail to see a difference. 
They're completely I'm being, different. I'm being quite Jake, serious Jake, right now. Jake, yeah. it's different. It's different from the cat prior. It's different from that cat prior to it being resurrected because mm. that cat didn't scratch him in the face. We have no evidence to support that. Jake, I have all of the evidence. To, literally, no. all the evidence I have supports that. I Jake. don't think that's the case. <laughs> what you put in the ground is different from what comes out. Sometimes <laughs> that is better. And then there's the whole weird side story with the uh, the his in laws hate him. Yeah, that's not For a weird side story. That's because he's a successful, normal. nice doctor. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that was actually something <laughs> Leslie said. Was like, what? What in-laws are pissed that their daughter married a successful doctor? <laughs> like, really? You're gonna blame him for a freak accident that happens to your child? Yeah, their grandchild. Well, I mean, in the invitation, the ex-wife blames him for a freak pinata accident, which was equally ridiculous. And that's much more of a freak accident than this one. This seems like not that much of a freak. Yeah, actually, accident. this is kind of just his fault, but still, this I mean, is ne- yeah, this is this is clear cut negligence. <laughs> <laughs> a freak pinata accident is a freak pinata accident. That just happens. Those are unavoidable. Oh, absolutely! Like, you, just watch out for pinatas, guys. Public service announcement brought to you by A to Z Horror. <laughs> and so the son dies. What's the son's name? He's got a weird name. Gage. Gage. Yeah. yeah. He's got like an action hero name. Yeah, it's a good name. And that's a really sad scene. That got, got to me a little bit. Dude, except for when um, Doctor... Fuck, I'm forgetting every name of every character. Lewis. 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 Louis. Except for when Louis is like staring up at the heavens and like... Yeah, that part's not great. <laughs> it's so good. And everything... Yeah, note, see, note, so everything note to filmmakers. before the death... Note to filmmakers real quick. Fuck you, Mark. Never have a scene where someone yells no into the sky. Just don't do that. It's never, never works. (laughs) Yeah. But then it's sad. I mean, he's in the kitchen. He's looking at all the old pictures. His wife's sedated. Oh, they should have used another Ramon song there. Fuck. (laughs) Missed opportunity, man. Just totally underscore (laughs) the sadness with 20, 20, 24 hours ago. Well, fuck, man. I mean, they did it. That whole scene of Gage's death was, to me, not very sad because you had Ramones and then you had. <laughs> so I want to be sedated. <laughs> it would have meant so good. The movie really downplays from the book how bad things that come back to life smell. That was I like know. a main point of the book. I know. It's one uh, don't they of... mention that the cat smells terrible? Off the... Yeah, but it's also he was buried in the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like just off the cuff. She's like, I, can you give cats baths? And her mom's yeah. like, yeah, but they're going to hate you because that's what cats do. Because <laughs> cats are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> cats are great. Fuck you, yeah. Mark. So then the wife and daughter go back to Chicago. Chicago. Chi Town. Visit the in-laws who blame him, which, you know, fair enough. That was just a <clears throat> fit of, like, Angst, rage, sadness at the wet at the wedding. Jesus Christ! At the at wedding, the, the wake. Well, quite different. The wake. Um, he apologizes when they're going back to Chai Town. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's like, he "Hey, does. I don't know what came over me. Oh yeah, I do. Kid died. My son died. My grandson. Hit by a truck. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta put it up to to Louis though that uh, good on him for not just fucking decking his father-in-law, because that's exactly oh, how yeah. I respond in that situation. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you want to yeah, come at me restraint. at my son's goddamn funeral? My son's wedding? Of all places. <laughs> oh, God. 
Yeah. And then oh, we get the man. whole backstory of Judd thinks Lewis is going to try to bring Gage back to life yep. and tells him the story of the zombie from World War II. Yep. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> thinking you're going to bury yeah. son in the old Indian battleground. And I I'm love how his, I'm not going to do that anymore. He, are you sure? Because I yes. disagree with that. Yeah. I think you're going to. The way will. he deals with it is he goes out to his like indoor outdoor room, his covered patio with like bug screens. It's a fucking porch, man. Just, Come on. He carries out like an entire fucking six pack and just sits down and is like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. There's the like, way I deal with most of my problems. Yeah. There's like a smash cut and then it's all empty and he's like sitting there just like smoking a dart. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> And then, you know, Lewis does do it. He exhumes his son. That scene with the cops felt unnecessary. Totally. And also, why why didn't they notice him? He was hiding. They couldn't see... He couldn't see them, so they couldn't see him. <laughs> he had the dirt piled up, like, three feet high. And Maybe. It, it, presumably, they're coming there to check for grave robbers... They had a very obvious grave robber. They did a terrible job. Maybe maybe they just thought he was burying his son deeper. Lewis manages to bury Cage, right? No, Gage. 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 Jesus Christ. God. Uh, you professional know. fucking organization. <laughs> managed to bury him in the uh, Micmac burial ground. Mic-mac. And for the record, he digs his kid up in very, very quick manner. And then yeah. I'm assuming he takes another like three days to dig the hole in the Indian burial ground. Yeah, it, it takes him an hour and a half to dig a small hole for a cat, but it takes him no time at all to like go six feet down to exhume his son's corpse. Yeah. And by the way, totally hadn't thought of it, but the scene where he's just sitting there like holding the corpse, really reminiscent. I can see where Guillermo, our boy Guillermo, got that scene for the orphanage. I was, yeah, I was thinking the same it's thing. It's framed in kind of the same way, too. Do you think those two yeah. are related, or is that just Prob- a coincidence? No, I think it might be a tip of the hat. I mean, this is such a classic, and Toro knows horror. Yeah. Del Toro, <laughs> let me say that correctly, knows horror. Like, it just seemed to me to be too similar. But also, that corpse is entirely too unmolested by a truck. Uh, again, yeah, we've, we, he's barely hurt. How did he first die? Off, with first off, looks? weird fucking phrasing there, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Second off, as someone who couldn't say my R's until I was in like fourth grade, the sentence Toro knows horror is my nightmare. Third off, yeah. we've already covered this that if a kid, if a three year old child, two year old child gets obliterated by a semi truck, he's going to have more than a scar on his forehead. Yeah, he, he rolls back in and he's like, oh, what's up, guys? I just have this Harry Potter scar. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that actually would have been, like, if they ever remade this as part of, like, one of the scary movie franchise things, they should, like, yeah. dig him up and be, like, grab grab the thing and be, like, do the have the scene and then, like, grab another bag and then, like, grab another, <laughs> and, like, just keep grabbing pieces of What the are you saying? You're saying do the thing and have the scene and that was that one of, What are you talking about? That was one of the most unrealized thoughts I have ever heard in my life. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying if they ever do this as, like, part of a sa- uh, satirical thing, they should, uh, satirical movie god damn it you guys they should do this scene exactly and then have him reenact the scene as it happens in pet cemetery where he's holding the dead child but have him grieve keep like grabbing pieces of the dead child like it's wrapped in it's wrapped in burlap I, right or whatever i see yeah the so just keep grabbing like pieces. like pits of burlap and stacking it on top 
<laughs> that was a really long journey for a really stupid joke. That's basically my entire life in a nutshell, man. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> a really long... That's what I'm going to title my biography. <clears throat> so Gage comes back to life. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. He sure does. Kills Judd. Oh, yeah. Yep. He fucking... Okay, Achilles things kind of get to me. Oh, yep. man, that, that, yeah. Leslie, too. And that got to me a little yeah, bit. I had kind of forgotten about that, which is weird. Judd's Achilles tendon Ooh, so with a scalpel. Yeah, he grabs a scalpel. Ooh. Okay, note to Judd, though. What, like, okay, so you're looking for <laughs> a demon child that you expect is in existence. So you... But you know to be a zombie demon. You've previously killed a different one. Yeah, so when you're looking in this room that you think it's in, you lead with your head. Like, <laughs> you put your entire body next to the crevice that you think it's hiding in, and then you stick your head in. Like, there's probably better ways to do that, guy. Probably. Yeah. And, and then the mom flew home. I don't know the mom's name. Oh, my God. Uh, Rachel. Rachel, yeah. Rachel. She She's flown home because she's worried about... The the doctor whose name I've now forgotten. Also. Lewis. Lewis. Lewis, Lewis, I got it. Professional. <laughs> Remember what a good job I did summarizing the plot of this movie. Mister and Mrs. Yeah, was... Creed, they're nice folks. Yeah, yeah, it was horrifying, Jack. And then Lewis like wanders into the house, and the house is transformed into like a moss covered, rotting, weird place. I don't get well, that part. Yeah, that's a little that's weird. A, that's a, an allusion to the book that didn't make it into yeah. the movie. Like, I think they took out a lot of the stuff. It made Let... no sense to include in the movie, though. I can, I'd can. i like to see... There's actually a documentary now about, like, the story and the creation of the movie, and I'd like to see if there's anything in there about, hey, this is what we have. I haven't seen any deleted scenes from this. I'd no, be me neither. Uh, and yeah. the whole reason she comes home in the first place is because the daughter has dreams featuring the, the ghost guy, right? Victor Pascal. Pasco, whatever right. the hell his name was. Right, right, right. His name we remember. <laughs> Pasco. Pasco, yeah. So, and and the only reason she puts that together was because she remembers that Pasco was a patient that died of Lewis's. So well, she's the like, ghost oh my helps god, her something's put weird. it together. The daughter's saying Paxo, Paxo, and then he appears behind Rachel and says Pasco. Yeah, she. He, well, yeah. There's some invisible hand shit happening. Yeah, yeah. that daughter. Has why is she the vehicle for all of this exposition? Because it's a Stephen dreams. King story, so you need a creepy kid who's attuned with the oh. spirit world. Yeah, oh. it's easier to haunt That's children. Every man. Stephen King story, oh. except for the one about oh. the Kindle. She's got no. That's in that too. Oh, okay. There's. I think they're actually. In, you're talking about Ur. You are, <laughs> and I think there actually is a kid that knows it's a different reality, whereas no one else does. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. The only reason I really wanted to bring up that little bit there was that I love the scene where she's on the plane flying back to Maine and they like uh-huh. zoom out a little bit and the embodiment of Pasco is sitting like behind her in another plane seat just with his head wound like festering and all this other shit and he's like <laughs> <laughs> he's just like staring at her smiling it's awesome. He's There's also some out, weird man. bits of dialogue that clearly just are direct transfers from the book because they're so specific. Like when she's trying to get a plane ticket and the airline agent's like, we don't have anything left. And then Pasco is like, what about that one particular model of an airplane with the scratch on the side of it? And then she goes blank and she's like, oh, I do have this one particular model of airplane with a scratch on it. Yeah, now, what was, the hell are you? Why? Was he using the force? Yeah, was he using yeah. the force? I don't why get it. Why is that in there? It's bizarre. These are not I the know. droids you're looking for. 
Was she was she actively trying to prevent this woman from getting home? Like, was she lying to her about not having any seats available? No, I think uh, he just dude, it was the late eighties. Something. Computer systems were difficult. Logistics is still a really hard thing to do. So whatever. That, that airplane was grounded because the scratch was actually a gash in the hull. Yeah, it was actually the exact <laughs> same plane that they used in the Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet episode of uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah, that one. <laughs> they, that landed, and then they just turned around, and flew back to Maine. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, and then she dies. Then uh, Gage <laughs> kills her. Well, and we're kind of burying the like the main meat of this story too, right? So the put the the thing that gets resurrected is not the thing you put in the ground in the first place, right? There's a specific line that says that the uh, ground's you, all you've sour. Quoted it twice. Yeah, the ground's gone sour. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what you put in isn't what comes out. Exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, Rachel had a had a sister when she was growing up that had cerebral palsy or spinal meningitis or something. Do you remember what yeah, it was? Yeah, the second exactly? one. It was spinal, spinal meningitis. Spinal cerebral meningitis. palsy. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, the funny thing is, like, that's well, not... It's not, what... it's not spinal meningitis. It's just bacterial meningitis yeah, that you need to get a spinal spine. tap to. Yeah. Well, meningitis doesn't just... There's not a kind of meningitis that affects your spine, but specifically. That's well, what there, there is happening. actually specific... The, men, the meningeal thing that gets infected is the is the membrane around your spine. It's spinal meningitis. Yeah. Right. Anyways, all, all you can either have bacterial or meningitis. viral. In any case, that's not what meningitis looks like. You don't turn into, like, a weird skeleton creature. No, but that's still pretty creepy. That, that when I was a kid, gave oh. me legitimate nightmares. Yeah. Well, and the reason I got confused was because that is kind of what, like, cerebral palsy looks like. A little yeah, bit. a little bit. A little, unlike, not ex- explicitly, but whatever. So she has this disease, and she ends up dying, and Rachel feels bad because... She kind of killed her sister a little bit. She died when she was at home. Everyone blamed her for it, whatever. And the punchline is her sister, the dead one with meningitis, comes back in the form of her son as a vengeful spirit to kill her. Yes? Yeah. I'm interpreting that correctly, right? Yeah. I'm not sure. They probably make that a little bit more clear in the book, but... I I want to go back to this for a second. All meningitis is spinal meningitis. Yes. It'd be like saying it's nephrotic kidney failure. Failure. Sort of. Failure. It's, it's an unnecessary word. Failure. <laughs> How did she okay. end up dying in the movie, at least? Was it like her spinal meningitis, Jack? Spinal I... meningitis begot, <laughs> became so bad that it, like, broke her spine into her throat? I think so. What the fuck was that? I don't remember. <laughs> specifically, she choked. Specifically, it was spinal meningitis that she had in her back. Thank you. <laughs> it was unclear until you just cleared that up. Uh, so she's like hallucinating all that shit oh yeah she's flying back is she hallucinating or is this just like literally exactly what's happening no she's hallucinating she sees her sister dude her sister is not literally there that would be absurd well but her sister is the spirit that is in her son's body i know but she's not seeing the son who's in the embodiment of her sister and also her sister but she does know that it's her sister (laughs) right i think there's an understanding and i think that's why they use the envisionment if that's a word which it probably is not of her sister yeah okay i guess that's fair we're kind of blurring lines here i i would take something that they show you directly we're we're way in the weeds that's our that's a whole point get out of here okay move us along then shit i'll just stop talking yeah so then what i was (laughs) talking about which is when lewis is in the house and the house is a rotting hellscape yeah it's weird. It's pretty cool set design again. It doesn't. Hey. There's no reason for it, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. 
And then as the second he goes upstairs, all that's done. The upstairs isn't rotting, just the downstairs. No, just downstairs. <laughs> yeah. He first stumbles on uh, Judd's body, right? Yeah. Who the yeah. kid, like, and tore his throat out with his kid fangs. Vampire yeah. child. He's got a scalpel. He's walking around the house with his other scalpel. Mm-hmm. He's got morphine. He's got syringes full of morphine. Oh, yeah, he killed the oh, cat. He, he Louis does. He Louis killed does. the cat. Yeah, Louis does. He killed the cat. Uh, and that was that wasn't great effects. Not the worst effects. I don't know. I kind of liked opinion. it, man. I mean, he okay. picked up a cat, and that was impressive. But the cat, the cat, that's clearly a stuffed cat. Like, that's fake when he's mm. picking it up, and he shoves mm. it, and then he's just holding it. Guys, quickly, mm. it doesn't move. Weigh in it's on paused or paused in this position. I need you to weigh it's in on something for the for listeners. Mm. Better, better cat effects. This or reanimator? Reanimator. This. Jake? Ooh, discuss. Discuss Mark, the finer points of you, cat Mark, animation. Mark, you break the tie. Uh, I'd go with reanimator. <laughs> yeah. So, but, okay, better. Fact, I mean, on, I feel like on, they're the on, same. It's on. just reanimator. He's shaking a stuffed animal around a bunch. It's kind of Yeah, hard. no. It's more And this one, he's just holding a stuffed animal. Yeah, yeah. more enjoyable reanimator. More realistic this. I think that's fair. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I. Yep, that's my opinion as well. Okay, great. Sure, sure. So he kills the cat. He's got one more syringe with Gage's name on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's literally written on the syringe. It says Gage. Yeah, it is. Literally. <laughs> and and then, uh, what? then he, he finds Gage. Gage has a scar. Well, Gage calls him, right? And this kid couldn't really talk before. And now this kid's talking up a storm. Yeah. I played with Mommy and I played with Judd. Yeah. Come play with me. Yeah. And then you get to... So then he finds his wife's corpse because it falls out of the attic and he gets all... Wah! Right. Which is exactly how I would react to. How did that Whoa. kid string her up, man? He's a demon. He's possessed. Yeah. It's the same way he's talked and knows how to use a phone, even though he's two years old. Oh, and he was like with the top <laughs> hat and the cane. That was cool. <laughs> well, it's, I don't get your joke. It wasn't a joke. I thought that was cool. Oh. Okay. <laughs> not? That was cool. She walks in and he's like walking around with a top hat and a cane. It was rad. Get out of here. Little, you don't like that? It's a little strange. No, I, I liked it. This is weird. Clearly not enough. And this this is the worst effects in the movie, I think. When the when Gage jumps at him from the attic down to him. Oh, and it's like the baby doll on a wire type jump. They just clearly <laughs> like put a baby doll on a rail and threw it down at him, and then he grabs it and like shoves it into his face and goes, ah, ah, ah yeah. and shakes it around. Is there like anything it. less scary than like possessed dolls slash possessed small children? Yes. I mean, that look like this? No. Okay. <laughs> there are things that are less scary than Theoretically, that. Theoretically, yes. yes. Pastries. <laughs> <laughs> Carrots. Thing. Yeah. Team okay, Puppet Suds. Yeah. <laughs> team Puppet Suds is all good. Yeah, but Team X-Blades is pretty man. Yeah. Those X-Blades fuckers. Goddamn Val. He's a goddamn villain. God, Val is the smarmiest bastard. Okay, Jesus, wow, I didn't mean to asshole. take us on a journey there. Let's. Well, you shouldn't have brought up Brink then. What you never think on the rails, boys. <laughs> Jake, as a rule of thumb, <laughs> never, ever, ever bring up a Disney Channel original movie around me and Jack if you don't want to get us off rails. <laughs> rule number one of yeah. A to Z Horror, do not talk about Disney Channel originals. Yeah, most kids' shows from the mid-90s, and we're just going to be... I mean, you want to bring up the Mystic Knights of Tiernanog again? No. Or the Beetleborgs. We're not using the music again. <laughs> Rule number two, Val is a smarmy motherfucker. Yeah. Back to the movie. Yep. It's terrible. That scene is awful. It pulled me all the way out of it. I hated it. It's terrible. Well. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty bad. I don't yeah. disagree. 
I still say and the green he, screen ghost is worse. Yeah. Then he all of a sudden convinces Gage that they're buds now, even though it's not Gage. Like, that was a little uh, mixed message did. They didn't get it right. And then he shoves the syringe up his neck and kills him. Right up his neck. Right up yep. it. Right up the neck. Yep. <laughs> he grabs his wife, and he's going to go bury her, and the ghost says, don't do that. Well, he does. And he does, and dies. Yeah, the ghost is like, no! <laughs> and then he disappears. Yeah, that killed the ghost. Yeah, because <laughs> that's he how you kill a ghost. Didn't listen to. Yeah, just don't. Li- <laughs> just don't listen to him, and then you'll, they'll die. <laughs> don't take that. And advice. she stabs him. Yeah, while they're kissing, Movie. while pus is oozing out of her eyes. Do you? Yeah. Do you think? Oh yeah, that was weird. Do you think that uh, it kills him, or he's just like so fed up? He's just like, "Fuck you, fuck everything. I'm done. Going to the Nether." Well, no one's gonna <laughs> be going to the upside down to bury. Yeah, the him, upside man. down place. Who's gonna bury him? He d- what? The corpse. No, Rachel's corpse. She's not gonna bury him. So good. Quick cue. Uh, I haven't seen Pet Cemetery two. Does that focus on what happens immediately following this when he resurrects his wife? Haven't seen it either. Okay. Tune in next time when we don't talk about that. <laughs> Let's get to ratings. I don't uh, have anything else. Christ. Anybody else got anything else? I got nothing else. Um, Say else a few more times. Else, else. I do want to talk a little more about Brink, though. No, we're not talking about Brink ratings. We over at A to Z Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how you'd rate the waitress's knowledge of the internet. I, um... I don't have online, though. I mean, I don't do, like, the emails. The emails? It's email. And for 10, think of how Alan would rate the guys from The Hangover's friendship. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Story is the first category in which we rate these movies. I guess I picked this one, so I'll go first. I'm going to give it a 7 for story. I think the story's pretty legit here. Um, I mean, it does use the trope of the Indian burial ground, like, a lot, which isn't Eh. But I kind of like the story, you bury shit in there, then it comes back to life as a zombie. It's straightforward enough, but also unique enough. I think it's pretty fun. Just seven. Good. Jake, yeah, go. I, no, I agree with you. And I frankly don't know why you were like, oh, the trope of the Indian burial ground that's overused when it's really not that overused. Like, that's one of those discussions we've had where a lot of things where you think the Indian burial ground is the culprit or is, is used, it really isn't. Wink, I think the only one nod, that, like cough, I can think shining, of like that cough. is, yeah. Or it's is, actually uh, no. I meant to say fuck. I meant to say poltergeist, <laughs> and I said the shining. Yeah, Jesus. It's a side <laughs> note in the shining where it is used. Yeah. Anyway, solid though. Well, seven. And the, you gave it a seven. I did. Okay, I gave it a six and a half. So we're all on the same page here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons that everyone thinks the Indian burial ground thing is overused is because everything references the pet cemetery. A lot. And, and yeah. a few others, too. But, yeah, like you said. Amityville Horror is the big one. <clears throat> the one thing that uh, that was that does kind of knock it down a little bit for me is it's basically just the monkey paw. Do you guys remember reading that short story? About yeah. the kid who dies in, like, a factory accident of some kind. Like, he works in, like, a meat packing factory and he falls into the meat grinder or something. And they use the monkey paw to wish him back to life. That, I mean, it's a little bit different, but uh, that's kind of the, the vibe I got from this. I don't, it's not really explicitly stealing from that, but, you know. Right, you're co- talking about sure. that 
Like the super early 1900s story, right? I couldn't tell you when that was written. Uh, anytime between like the 1600s and 1950, I would have believed. Wow. Right. So. Wow. But it wasn't. It wasn't written in like <clears throat> 1984. Right. 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 And we've also uh, clearly established that Mark's not going to be able to do it with time. <laughs> Mark's having a rough one with years this time. <laughs> yeah, I am. Whatever. Nineteen uh, and just just beyond that, on the surface, like I, I recognize that the book is probably better, but there's a lot of like weird stuff in the movie story wise that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, such as like Judd trying to hunt down this demonic two-year-old by sticking his, by lying next to the bed and then sticking his face under the covers and then getting his Achilles cut. Like, dude, be a little more careful if you think you're about to be murdered by a demon. That's not how you... Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, deus ex machina that has to happen in order for the story to progress in it, and I knock it down a little bit for that. But, I mean, we're still all on the same page, so whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, World building and immersion is next, and this is a tough one for me. I gave it a four, I think for this category, uh, the world it builds is pretty cool. Like I, I like, I, I like the main Stephen King's shit always feels like it's got a rich backstory. He, he knows Maine and it always works pretty well. Also the set design helps a lot here, uh, with the pet cemetery itself and with the, the house when it gets all wacky. So they build a pretty good world. Um, but it's, it's just not immersive at all. Like his, all the weird shit he says, like it's the cat's nuts cut takes me out of it. The shilly the, the, Yeah, Rachel saying shilly shally. The gravestone saying spot, comma, a good fellow. All that shit. Look Great it up. My immersion. The tire swing thing. <laughs> um, that that all takes me pretty far out of it. So I, I gave it a four. Jake, <laughs> the tire swing thing, huh? Yeah, man. I'm sticking with that. Uh, same line of reasoning. The the world they're able to build with in particular the set design, which I'm going to talk about at ad nauseum later. Uh, that's all great, but you are still very aware that you're watching a movie and there's a lot going on here that just destroys your immersion. I'm actually going to point lower. I'm going with a three. Yeah. Mark. I buy that. Yeah, no, exactly the same line of logic. I gave it a seven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did. Yep. I did actually give it a seven. I think you guys are, I maybe, maybe I just am weird or something. I was more immersive than I guess you guys were. Um, I think, like you said, uh, Stephen King, and I mean, he did write the screenplay for this, but who's this? Th- who's this directed by? This is actually directed by a lady, right? Uh, Lambert, oh, Mary Lambert. <laughs> yes, Mark, a lady directed by a lady. Uh, Mary Lambert directed this. Um, <laughs> yeah, she did I a think, good job. yeah, I think they do a good job of establishing yeah. the world that they live in. Uh, there's a few random things, like I said earlier, the Windigo getting cut out makes for a few really weird scenes that aren't really sensical. Uh, but I feel like those are more of the exception than the rule. Um, and I guess you could argue that, you know, they probably should have just built a fucking fence if they lived along a highway. But that's really more yeah. of a story thing than an immersion thing. So <laughs> there was never anything that really took me all that far out except for a few graphics hiccups and, like, the Windigo stuff. Yeah, sure. It's hard for me I to guess. be that immersed in a movie featuring as much cat as this. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I like cats. I know you do. It's weird. You're weird. <laughs> Fuck you. You're weird. Scare Factor is the next category in which we rate these movies. Uh, I'm going to give this a four for Scare Factor, and it's getting a lot of credit for how terrified I was when I was a kid, um, mostly with the, the meningitis woman. That fucking gave me nightmares, and it was awful. And there's some, okay, the Achilles tendon thing is pretty good also, but, like, apart from that, Gage jumping down out of the attic at 
the doctor, it, Lewis, is supposed to be one of the like main climactic moments of the movie, and it's just awful. <laughs> Very comical. So, four. And that's bumping it up, giving it credit. Mm. Jake? Uh, I'm going to go five and a half, and it's for pretty much the same reasons as you. But, I yeah, I can remember absolutely having the meningitis scenes, just the way in which they were able to work with uh, that actress and make her look how grotesque that actor. was, how how moody fun, it was. That was that was an actor. Yeah, fun fact: they that cast a, okay. a they cast a man to play the daughter, so that there would be like some mm. weird. They, it's heavily made up, and it actually does look like a yeah. woman. But they they cast yeah. a man specifically so that it would like be something would be off. Got it. Well, they huh. did a great job with that's it. Cause that's why I'm giving it a slightly higher score than Jack. Five and a half. Fair enough. Yeah. Mark, go. Uh, I think we're all kind of on the same page. I went with a four. I recognize that this is a movie that uh, traumatized like a generation of people, but just cats and kids are not scary, man. And for that matter, highways are also not scary. Build a goddamn fence. Don't resurrect your loved ones. That's uh, that's not hard. Okay. <laughs> now, honestly, okay. had they included the Wendigo, the Wendigo is something that has not been explored in cinema, and if you do that right, that shit will be fucking terrifying. Uh, so that could be really scary. I beg scary. to differ with that one. That it hasn't been done, or it, that it, it could be scary? It has not been explored at all. It's, okay. it's been a little bit explored. In fact, I think there's an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that deals with the Wendigo. And it's also, also there's a, a game called uh, Until Dawn that deals with the Wendigo. But the uh, the movie uh, Dark Was the Night is also about the Wendigo. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is. Yeah, uh, we've talked about this before. Folklore definitely explore that. Those are good things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I would recommend. They, they by the way, I would recommend so. Dark Was the Night, except for like the last ten minutes. <laughs> So just stop. <laughs> just just stop if you're ten minutes away from the end. Anyways, yeah, we're there's also off. a there's a Wendigo in uh, Marvel Comics. He's a character. So we're getting off track so a little fuck bit. Fuck you, here. Mark. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the sister is creepy, like Jake said. The co- the concept is generally wasn't Brink's good. dad killed by a Wendigo? Oh, god damn it! Who's dad? Andy Brink Brinker. His father. I think his was dad's alive by in the movie, man. His dad is alive in the movie. <laughs> I. It was. It was. It's a bad joke. joke thing. Yeah, it was a horrible. Let joke. it lie. I hate you. Uh, the sister's creepy. It's a good concept. It's just the execution. I mean, I'm just not afraid of kids and cats, and they didn't include anything else that was particularly creepy. So Fair. whatever. Yeah, you didn't see this as a little kid. No, I did not. No. Yeah. Uh, effects or judicious lack thereof is up next. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's also going to get a four. <laughs> um, I like wow. what they did. Like some of the earlier gore is pretty good. I love the way they peeled the cat off the pavement after it gets hit. Like yeah, the <laughs> that sound and just the way it is. That's great. Uh, some of the gore works pretty well, but then it just and and the set design is really cool. The pet cemetery and the inside of the house. But then some of it's fucking awful. Um, the the kid when when the the whole zombie kid is fucking terrible. The green screen ghost, the the cat just stuffed cat he's holding that he jams a syringe into none of that shit's any good um so four okay i i gave it a six i guess the parts that bothered you i didn't notice as much i absolutely think you know the set designs were great the the pet cemetery itself is really fucking cool looking and they went to such great detail on that that i think that's like a five alone outside of that not much to add to it but just enough for me to bump it up to a six better than middling but not by a ton all right 
Miles I, Ramones. I, had, <clears throat> I agreed with Jake on this one. I gave it a six. Uh, I still think the effects, for the most part, uh, Pasco specifically, is is very solid. Uh, you yeah, know, he's got that yeah. head wound thing throughout the entire movie, and it, it looks pretty good. They did practical. Practical stands up. Uh, the one, yep. there are a few scenes, like you said, Jack, the weird, like, I'm just going to throw a doll at you scene. Uh, it kind of takes <laughs> you out of it. And the one specifically that took me out of it was the introduction of Pasco as a ghost, where he's very clearly standing against a green screen. Uh, yeah. That's a problem. So, yeah. not great, but it does stand up well for a movie that is, you know, almost 30 years old. So, I gave it a six. Yeah, and... And none of it's as bad. Like, the green screen isn't as bad as in The Evil Dead. That first night, there's a full moon. Oh, and they clearly God. just couldn't find a full moon, so they cut out a full moon from a different sky. And the, the black, <laughs> there's a black square around the full moon that's just a different color than the rest of the black sky. It's not that bad. Photoshop was a real game changer, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I think that just leaves us with overall. Yeah? Did I miss yeah. anything? No, that's uh, it. No, that that's what it leaves us with, Jack. I'm going to give this a six overall. Okay. I think this is an enjoyable movie. It is a classic. I, I love a lot of it. I, I love Herman Munster talk, running around talking about nuts cut. I think that's fun. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, but it's just, I don't know, it's not supremely enjoyable. There's a lot of problems with it too. But I think it's worth a watch, and it, it stands up fairly well. I'll give it a six. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'm going to give it a six and a half. Slightly higher okay. than you, which I think has been pretty much across the board with the ratings. I've been slightly higher than you. I I actually thought when I was watching this, I feel like I enjoy this movie more than the rating I'm giving it, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but <laughs> them's the breaks. That's how this goes. Uh, I think that's about right for this one in the grand scheme of, of horror movies. But that being said, like it's still such an influential flick that... <clears throat> I'll continue to watch this whenever I have a chance. It's pretty fun. Uh, there's enough going on there that it's absolutely worth having on in the background if you've seen it before. And if you haven't, you need to see it. So, six and a half. All right. Yeah. Mark, yourself. Nice. Uh, I gave it a seven. <laughs> so, yes. yes. Uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm leaning more towards, I, I gave this a six originally when I first saw it. And then I was just kind of reflecting on it as more of a historical piece than a modern day thing. And I think mm-hmm. it deserves a little bit of an upward correction people were easier to scare in the i'm gonna call this the 90s whatever um i think this is like i said this has traumatized a generation of people uh probably not as effective today but it does reserve it does deserve a little bit of credit in that regard um and overall like like i said i was immersed in it it was entertaining and i get to imitate what's his name for the entire time so i had fun good stuff judd judd yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you, but if you're looking at, like, even just the 80s, you have a movie like uh, Poltergeist that came out at, like, the f- first part of the 80s, and this was the tail end, and I don't think yeah. there's really any comparison in terms of its level of horrorness. Poltergeist is a fucking powerhouse. Yeah, it yeah. is. Whereas Poltergeist this is... is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Abs- I totally agree with that. I don't think that's hyperbole by any means. Whereas this is, like... This is fun. I have fun watching this movie, but it's not yeah. in that regard going to be in contention for anything. It's still a great Absolutely. movie. Uh, I think that some of our scores are slightly reflective of it just not being quite the, I don't know, fear factory that some of these other ones are. Sure. Mark, you got any last uh, Judd impressions you want to hit us with before we get the fuck out of here? Absolutely. I got one teed up for you. <laughs> I got a whole thing. So All right, hit us. Me. <clears throat> Are you struggling with the obliteration? Wait, hold on. That was 1920s news guy. 
<laughs> yeah, you just completely. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta get back in character. Hold on. Uh, sometimes this is like a propaganda film for World War One. Yeah. Are you struggling with the death of the ob- <laughs> shit? Fucked it up. Are you struggling with the obliteration of a loved one by a speeding semi truck? Try drowning your sorrows in beer. America's beer. Budweiser. Sometimes Bud is better. So we've reviewed Pet Cemetery, but it turns out we've all had a few drinks and we want to keep hanging out. Plus, we're now out of movies to review for the site. Not out of movies to review in terms of there aren't any movies left, but we, we don't have any slated on our docket. We ran out so, of horror movies. Yeah. Mark, <laughs> you mentioned you had a, a, a way... Last time we did a draft where we kind of drafted the movies one by one, picking a random decade for each of us. Yes. Mark, you have a different idea this time, I understand? Uh, that's right. It's going to be a little confusing. Uh, Jake considers <laughs> Good. this to be I'm essentially <laughs> rocket science, so let me take Dude, a shot. Dude, it seems yeah, really uh, fucking hard. I don't think the listener's <laughs> going to be able to get this. Okay, so it's it's kind of a mix between telephone and word association. Um, so Jack will, Jack will lead us off uh, just picking a movie that he wants to watch. That's the easy part. And then we'll go in the order of uh, Jake, me, and then Jack again. And we'll zero in on something about the movie that was just suggested, the last one that was suggested, uh, and try and pick a like movie. So it's almost going to be like a game of telephone where we go okay. through the list and it doesn't have to be the same subgenre. You could go with like a year or maybe an actor that's in it or it, just it's a like general crazy subgenre. Eights. It can be the same number or the same suit. Exactly. Well, yes. it can be anything. Yeah. You just have to justify it when we attack you. Yeah, exactly. You have to justify <laughs> it. That's a good okay. game. And so I'm starting. That just means I'm picking one out of the goddamn you're, blue. You're picking a movie, Jack. Yeah. Okay. Oof. I'm ooh, I got one. Okay, I I've been wanting to talk. I've seen this movie before. I want to watch it again, and I want to talk about it with you guys. Um, I think I talked about it on CR one time. I'm picking Creep. We're gonna watch Creep. I think it's a 2015 movie. Okay. Um, it's definitely Mark on Netflix. Duplass movie. Yeah, yeah. Mark Duplass wrote and directed it. Yeah. Um, and stars in it. <laughs> okay. And it's. I really want to talk about it with you guys. It's found footage, Mark, so that's that's a good thing for yep. you. I'm excited. I, I'm um, actually the only one here who hasn't seen this already, so all right. Oh, I didn't know Jake could see I it. I haven't seen this. I don't know where you got that. Oh, I thought yeah, you did it. No, okay, my did. bad. I thought you did it for CR one of these weeks. No, no, I've not seen it. I Creep. did. Like a year ago. Anyway, I'm picking Creep. Uh, so, Mark, who goes next? Jake does. We're just and doing so Jake, order. you have to riff off of creep. I have to riff off of creep. Okay. I can't wait for him to be like, "Oh, Mark Duplass, uh, let's watch Lazarus Effect." <laughs> oh, oh shit! Geez, I won't <laughs> do it. I won't do it. <laughs> yeah, you want to repick up. your movie because I'm about to just have us review Lazarus Effect for a second time. God damn. It. Hmm. Okay, so I think I've got one that. My riffing off of your movie called Creep, Jack, is kind of two-pronged in my approach. One is that it's also available on Netflix right now, as of, like, a fucking day ago. And two, that the subject matter of this movie is something that kind of, like, creeps or plods along. And the movie (laughs) that we are going to watch is It Follows. Okay. Okay. All right. Um... (laughs) I think that's tenuous at best. That's but really good. I, what are you talking about? I guess about? I'll give it to you. The whole point is to go with us. <laughs> Shut up. I explain myself. I don't have to fucking impress you. 
Well, and for the whole, like, for these last spat of movies, we've had to justify why we picked them from whatever decade. So this next bit will be why why you think it relates to the movie that we just reviewed. <laughs> I just told you. I just told well, you. Right, and then we'll watch them and we'll weigh in on whether or not you're a fucking lunatic or not. Oh, I don't think the movie itself's, like, plot is going to relate in any way, shape, or form. Right. <laughs> so hold on. I could redo this whole thing if I'm missing the point. I thought the no, point no, no, no. You don't have to go with plot or like subgenre. You just have to say how they related. I just and did. Wait, oh my god. And but when we actually do this again, you'll have to weigh in on how well it actually fulfilled the thing that you. Right. Oh, how well it lived oh, up. it's that's going to be like a one out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Which evinces how tenuous it was. Exactly. Yeah, well, Mark. All right, Mark. Now you riff. You riff yeah, off your now follows. I got a. F- hmm. Oh, I've got one. Ah, damn it. Oh yeah. Wait a second. Fuck. Well, no, mine's not going to be able to do that now because it just. I think I have a response to this. Uh, it is tenuous as all get out. Well, but oh, good. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going actors on this one. Uh, so one of the main dudes and it follows is Keir Gilchrist. Um, if I remember correctly, he's like one of the main dudes. He was actually, as a young child, he was also in Dead Silence. So. That's you guys, your connection, You huh? guys need to get yourself ready for some Donnie Wahlberg, because we're watching. God, Mar- <laughs> yeah, damn it. We're watching Dead Silence. That's unreal. God damn it. I hope you guys 2007? are dolls. Yeah, it is. God damn it. Jack is not impressed. <laughs> How am I supposed to? <laughs> you suck. This is a fun game. I think I got one. And this is only because, Mark, I've seen the bullshit movie you picked before. And as I recall, the movie ends with a, a creepy nursery rhyme. So I'm, I'm picking us a classic. Oh. Uh, I'm picking us a classic that uses a nursery rhyme. Are you? Of sorts. Are I you? am. I'm going with uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Very solid. Because while, Mark, your movie ends with a nursery rhyme, this one kind of starts with one. You know, the whole one, two, Freddy's coming for you thing. Okay, so why'd you go with this and not Freddy versus Jason? (laughs) Or any of the other Freddy movies? (laughs) Yeah, or literally any other Freddy movie. Because I think they do the one, two, Freddy's coming for you thing in every movie. Because the original, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just... Johnny Depp. I'm just pulling your tit. I, I... Just yanking ya boob, mate. I'm sure our listeners appreciate that. So I have to pick a movie with Johnny Depp. Is that the thing? (laughs) No. Is that the game? Please, please, God, no. (laughs) Uh, What's what's the? He was in a vampire movie. Uh, What's that movie called? The remake of the TV show. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, Dark Knights, Black Knights. Oh shit! Dark Shadows. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh yeah. Alright guys, I've, I found one. Jack picked what's undeniably a horror icon in Going to the Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm going to go with another horror icon, but from a different time, and the real connection with this and with the pick that Jack made is kind of like the dark humor that is pervasive throughout the movie. I don't, I don't okay. think either of you guys have probably seen this movie, but I really like it. It's a lot older movie, and we're going to watch The Abominable Dr. Fibes. Oh, shit. Okay, I actually want to see this movie. Yeah. So I will let your extremely tenuous connection between That's the two movies slide. That's not tenuous at all. And... 
<laughs> You're I have years. never heard yeah, of this it. movie. Nice. Yeah. Love means cool. never having to it's say It's a Vincent Price movie. It's a Vincent Price joint, Mark. So I need to work on my Vincent Price uh, impersonation is what you're saying? Yeah. Or just pick the fly. I could do a lot of things. Uh, <clears throat> you could do something. But it is your pick. Okay. Okay, so I, well, I got, one, I got one already teed up then, actually. This is one I've been wanting to see for a while, and this transitions well. Does uh, it really? Yeah, it does. Um, wow. So you mentioned that this is comedy right it's horror comedy mm-hmm. am i there's a lot that no, it's not it's not as much horror comedy as there's a lot of dark comedy layered into what's happening on screen but it's like kind of subtle comedy sure <laughs> okay i'm we'll gonna say yes i'm gonna go for a little bit more direct comedy well i guess i'll leave this up to you guys i'm going also in the in the subgenre of horror comedy i'm gonna go with tucker and dale versus evil I don't think either of you guys have seen this movie, and I fucking love I it. I haven't seen this movie. This is the most tenuous one so far. It's the yeah. same subgenre. Whatever. I did not say it was horror comedy. <laughs> is A Nightmare on Elm Street horror comedy? No, it's a classic. So it's this one, I guess. I don't know. That was your connection. No, I said that there's <laughs> humor. I did not call it a horror comedy. That's your thing. There is humor. Fine. Whatever. So, Jack, your move. This is to the last move. Off. Yeah, this is the end of the chain. Oof. So, Mark, you picked uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, right? Yep. Yep. That movie uh, stars Alan Tudyk. Yes, it does. He's picking. Are we gonna watch Firefly? He's picking a Knight's Tale. He's picking Firefly. Famous for being in Firefly, a Knight's which is a sci-fi show. A Knight's Tale. Okay. So I picked a sci-fi movie (laughs) from the late '80s, uh, directed by John Carpenter. I picked They Live. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes. Are you all out of bubblegum, Jack? kind of rules. I am all out of bubblegum. Wait, but isn't that... Wait, was the, is that a reference to Duke Nukem? Or is that a reference to They Live? That's a reference to They Live, dude. Oh shit, all these years I thought that was Duke Nukem. Fuck. Nope. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> my eyes have been opened. Well, yeah, man. they will be opened in early March <laughs> when we actually get to this movie. Stay tuned. So to recap, our upcoming movie review schedule is as <laughs> Which follows. Which should be a chain. This should be a chain as you listen to the titles. Yes, we pick these based off of each other's selections. It is as follows. Creep. It follows. Dead Silence. A Nightmare on Elm Street. The Abominable <laughs> Dr. Fibes. Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and they live. So, solid rock. Starting next week, we're going to get into just how, well, starting two weeks from now, really. Next week, we'll watch Creep. And then two weeks from now, we'll get into how closely or probably more accurately how really far off these movies are from each other and how bad we are with this. So, thanks, Mark, for coming up with that game. Yeah. That was fun. Good work. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's do it. This it's is the A to Z Horrorcast. We are coming at you from the Phantom Podcast Network for the second week in a row. They haven't cut us quite yet, so thank you guys for Woo. that. <laughs> One um, weekend. As always, uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Hang out with us on the Horror Amino app. And if you like the podcast, guys, uh, definitely subscribe, download, uh, give us a like. Let us know what you'd like to see in the future. All of that, believe it or not, actually really does help. The music. Give us a rating hearing. on iTunes. Yeah, any of that shit. It helps. We could use one. We don't even have one. You can help, right? <laughs> Just make sure it's five stars if you're going to do anything. 
Oh yeah, if you're gonna give us any lower than five, just don't do it. But if you aren't, if it's five, then go for it. Music's coming at you from space. That's space without the A. And if you guys have heard anything on this episode that you think needs a link to be able to understand what we're talking about, look right below. You'll see a link, and we'll get you there. So until next time, when we review Creep, go grab your buddies, get some beers, and watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. Can you give cats baths?